You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies Right now I am at FanQuest Comics and Games in Yuma, Arizona, and we're about to have an auction for Penny's Pantry, which is a uh, volunteer charity for dogs or just animals? Um, Or all animals? Just dogs. Primarily dogs. Primarily dogs. Dogs that come into the Humane Society of Yuma. And it, it's it's more of a well. First, who I have with me is Kevin right now, and he is one of the volunteers of the Humane Society of Yuma. Yes, uh, very much involved in Penny's Pantry. Yes, yes. What what exactly is the the charity? Basically, what it is is the scared dogs that come in. You know, we we um, I think right now I think we're looking at four hundred and something dogs came in the month of May. Um, so the dogs that are scared and shut down the strays. It's hard to get them to come out of their shell. So what we do, Penny does it primarily. Um, this this um, pantry is for chicken, hot dogs, um, canned food. It's basically the dogs, you can bring them out of the shell quicker with food. So when they're scared and they're shut down in the kennels, we can... Um, we can get them to come out to us a little bit easier with some some cooked up chicken. We just um, either cook it in a crock pot, crock pot, no seasoning, no, um, just um, plain chicken. But the dogs um, eat it, mm-hmm. and and they'll come out quicker to us, and just puts them at ease and makes right. it easier to to get them to trust us. Yeah, the the idea is to get them to trust uh, you first, right. and then eventually they're the the owner of a new home for them. And exactly, a, a we, can, we can. That's the initial step to start getting them socialized to get into a home. Because some of these dogs, we don't know their history. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can't talk to them. They can't communicate with us. So we don't know what they've been through. Um, we just see them completely shut down in the kennel, um, won't, won't approach, um, won't look at us. So um, that just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what, in a normal day, like, I mean, how many dogs do you go through? Not go through. <laughs> it's probably not the best words. But, you know, see, interact with in a normal day. Well, we have four, four buildings. They hold anywhere from... Um, um, 24 kennels in each building, so do the math, 24, 48, 
Um, what am I looking at? 96. 96. There you go. <laughs> it took me a little while. About 96 large dogs. Those mm-hmm. are just large dogs. And the smaller dogs. And, um, and we, I don't know the exact count, maybe um, eight to eight per building. So um, another 32 small dogs, potentially. Um, we could basically, we, we basically touch them every day. Okay. Um, we go through, Penny especially goes through the kennels every, every afternoon. Even though the, uh, the shelter does feed them, they feed them twice a day. But Penny goes through and um, feeds the littles again um, with the canned food because it, it helps bring them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you know, 96 big, big dogs, potentially, they're not all filled up all right. the time. But potentially 96 big large dogs and 32 smaller dogs that Penny feeds every day. Right. So 100, 100 plus dogs, right. potentially. How many of them, on average... Would you say uh, usually needs the extra coaxing? At least I'm r- about thirty percent. Thirty percent. Thirty percent of them. Because now, is it usually because of uh, mis mis um, or abuse that they've suffered, or is it just be- being on their own? Being uh, probably the a smaller amount is is abuse is just outright um, just abuse. What you know, everybody has different ways of taking care of their animals. Some mm-hmm. people. Um, what we see here in Yuma, I think, is a different culture where there's um, um, dogs are more like property, um, especially in our surrounding cities. Um, um, dogs are property, so they're just not treated as nice mm-hmm. as we would, you know, as dog lovers would, and, and cats too, um, would um, treat them more like family. We see more of them where they're just, they've been in a backyard, they've not been socialized with people at all. They may get along with other dogs just fine, but they don't know how, how to be around people. They don't know what people offer them. So it kind of, you know, puts a little fear into them. So when you have to coax out a dog or, or you know, get them to trust you, like what, What's the time frame on that? What I mean, is it usually instantly when you're using food? or No, it's not even sometimes instantly. Sometimes the best you can do is um, they may be sitting in a corner growling at you. Um, the best you can do is what you want to do is make sure they know the food came from you. So get them looking at you. Maybe they're growling at you. Um, maybe they're attempting to bite. It, but, you, you know, of course, you keep yourself out of the way. But you want to make sure they know that food came from you. So today you may have felt like you didn't make any progress, but really you did because they, they'll remember that the next time you come by. Well, next time you come by the kennel, they'll look up and they'll maybe see you and recognize a, a scent or um, you know, a mannerism that, mm-hmm. you, that you showed. So the next day it'll be easier. And then the next day, and sometimes it takes days. Um, we're lucky right now where we have a little bit of space where we can uh, work work with the animals and not, you know, because you know we're an open shelter, so we can't turn um, animals away. But right now we're looking at, um, even with the 4th of July coming up, we've got a little bit of space and time to work work with some of these these dogs before we have to deem them as not as either just aggressive or medically not um, not fit. So, mm. so we've got some time, and we've got some... Uh, we just had a, 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 a great story where we had... Um, a dog that was lost out in the foothills, abandoned with with her family. Um, the mother and other dog, um, not sure what happened to them. I think they were caught and and eventually rehomed. Maybe not through us, but anyway, this one came in. She was her name was Lily, and she was. Um, they were people. Different people were feeding her, and trying to catch her, but they couldn't catch her. She was always too fast. And eventually, she did get trapped by animal control. She got came into the shelter, completely shut down, and uh, we were able to work with her. And um, last week she went home, 
with to a family. One of the oh, ladies great. was feeding her. So uh, still a lot of patience needed and a lot of work, but at least she's now in a, in a home. And um, I'm sure she's just, I mean, she's treated fine, and, and um, she's got a great support system to help her. So Very cool. I mean, obviously everybody loves to hear the good yeah. stories, the happy stories. Yeah. Do you have any other ones? Any other ones that stick out to your in your in your mind that my listeners would love to hear? Well, I mean, we I I could probably tell you. You know, I could go on. We've got several that um, along the same lines as Lily, where they've just come in and be completely shut down, and to watch them when that when that switch flips. Um, say we, you know, the food is the initial thing, but then we start walking them, and then we start showing them. Um, getting them out in the yard, showing them that it's safe and it, it's fun. It's they can go out in the yard and they enjoy it. And we use other dogs, um, more forward dogs, to help because um, we we really believe that dogs fix other dogs. So if the dog is completely shut down, um, sometimes we're able to put the dog, um, put another dog in the kennel with them, a, a more um, open up, open dog. Um, that's been more socialized and that helps bring them out but when you get them out in the yard and you see them in their hiding in the corners and we we basically force them out of the corner force them into a social setting with another dog and um when you see that that that's that switch flip and you just know it when you see them either start poking their head up and watching or watching you and then they come out and then they start engaging and start playing that's always a feel good Mm -hmm. you know feel good story so and we've had, I mean, I can't say countless. Um, we've had more successes than we've had failures. That's awesome. Um, so. so then, I mean, obviously then for your successes, how how um, integral is uh, Penny's Pantry? Is, is the, the, you know, the donations that you get, the, the oh, money it's that the, you um, it's the cornerstone of it. Okay. It's, the, the, it's the beginning. It, and, and it's not just, you know, people are able to, um, not only are people able to donate um, the, the money for food or the food itself, but then we also have a, a small army that basically um, cooks all this food. Um, Penny is a, um, is, a, is a vegan, so the, the thought of cooking meat in her house, I'm sure just, you know, turns her stomach right but, so but we have we have um count we're well not countless but we have a large army of people that that will cook it for her. and it takes days you know it's like preparing a large meal oh, for a hundred, to, hundred plus dogs right engine, yeah. and this is and what we do is we um we bag it and freeze it and so at any one time at probably uh, half a dozen different houses there's freezers full you know that we store all this food at. I know I've got a freezer full of food. Several other people. Um, it's just bags of food. So when Penny says, "Hey, I need some more," and what I do, um, I say it's Penny's, but I use it just as much probably because I just Penny's got a, a, a shopping cart. She pushes through the kennels, and um, I'm sure they have different names for. Her. But uh, yeah, she pushes. You know, you can always know when Penny's around because her shopping cart is sitting in one building or the other. Go. But I always go up to it and grab any kind of uh, chicken or. or or, uh, or meat, meat, meatballs, or hot dogs. So uh, we also use the hot dogs for um, um, when we do glamour photos. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it to uh, capture the dog's attention and to make them feel at ease when they come in for for our pictures. Um, the, uh, we do a, every week. We do a, a group of pictures for. Um, we have a different background. We pick a, a background every week. Sometimes we just do a plain white because our marketing team uses um, the pictures. Some of our pictures that we do. Um, the marketing um, people come in and actually take the uh, the uh, pictures and edit them for us. Um, we use the uh, the hot dogs for for those dogs as well. So, and that's um, that's needed because that that album goes out goes out on Facebook every Monday. Mm-hmm. 
um, the the public sees it sees the dog in a in a more um, I guess a glamour setting. Um, you get to see the dog a little bit better than just the scared kennel picture. Right. And then um, um, also the um, some of our rescues we we deal with um, probably as many as um, 15 to 20 rescues up in the Phoenix area on a weekly basis that will see those see that album and pick dogs and say I, I'll take this one this one and they'll take anywhere from um, we've taken as many as 50 dogs up to Phoenix on a, every on a Thursday so, oh wow um, so we really rely on even um, Phoenix has the same problem we have with the influx of dogs right but yet they still are able to um, take take a lot of our, our dogs for us so so do you do you have have you found that there's one particular meat that that works better than uh, than others? I, I think I think the meat um, balls are the more for oh, yeah. me with the bigger dogs the meatballs are the more popular. Um, the chicken I think I would guess Penny would disagree with me I believe and the the chicken would be more popular for her. But, <laughs> and I've done it. It's just it's the meatballs are hard, easier for me to handle. I can take a Makes handful sense. of meatballs yeah. with me. But the chicken is always loose. It's pulled loose off the um, bone, so um, um, Penny finds it easier. Plus, you can just grab a handful of it and put it down for the littles. And you got to think a lot of these dogs too. Um, the one that says Willie, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, that'd make a lot of sense. I mean, for me, if I was a dog, I'd like the meatballs better than the chicken yeah. too. <laughs> well, I, I probably say that too because I deal mainly with the larger dogs. Yeah. Where Penny deals mainly with the smaller dogs, and most of the smaller dogs, the majority of them are seniors. So they're seven, seven plus years old. A lot of them um, haven't had a lot of dental work, so a lot of them might, might have mouth problems. Mm. So the chicken's easier for them to eat. Yeah, um, much easier to go. But up. I think what we also are careful, um, if you get a dog that's been out as a stray um, for a length of time, and he's, they, he may have been eating rocks for all we know, right. um, what he's been trying to you know, live off of, and then you pump them full of chicken you have to be a little cautious with that because all that protein will it's just going to give them um give them diarrhea and that's the last thing you want is them expelling the fluids so so we're cautious with that too so i mean i guess uh, this might be a little bit of a difficult question i don't know if it is or not but getting them to coax out or you know coax them out or to 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 trust again i mean have you seen it have a positive effect in the adoption process like do are, do more dogs get adopted because they've gone through this retrusting of, of people again oh i would say yes without a doubt okay. without a doubt um because what you see is um one we we rely i mean that the humane society relies on volunteers so what we do i think is that initial point we may get them out of the initial building they come out of and then they get passed on. Once we get them where they're socialized a little bit, what we do commonly is we, we move them to the adoption floor so more, more people can touch them. Right. More volunteers can walk them. They can get more socialized. A lot of times people won't see um, buildings one and two are our primary buildings for adoptions or um, they go over to Pet, PetSmart. Um, they wouldn't. They don't see when that dog first came in to building three or building four as a stray and was shut down. All they see it is when it. Um, they look at it. Um, people choose different. You know, they sometimes people choose the quiet dogs. Well, I liked them because um, all the other dogs were jumping up at the kennel door and that dog was just sitting there. Um, or sometimes they want the dog that jumped up at mm-hmm. them. Um, we always think that the dog chooses the person anyway. We say people go in there to choose a dog and then the dog chooses them. <laughs> so, um, um, 
they they don't see when they by the time they see them we've already worked with them and gotten them to that point to the next level so they can be socialized and they can be um, maybe um, sent over to pet pet smart um which is um the pet smart dogs are the humane society dogs too mm-hmm. they've just um those ones have been um completely their um, their surgery's been completed on them they're up to date on their rabies microchips everything's done they're ready to go out the door the pet smart location helps us because it it has more more visibility over there um people will go in if they're trying to um if they're waiting for a movie, they'll go over into PetSmart. I know I've been there and seen people and talked to them, and they were they just went to go see a movie. They were waiting for it to start. They stopped at PetSmart. They end up adopting a dog. You know, so um, can't really take that dog into the movie now, though. No, it, it actually changes their whole plans. Yeah. For the, you know, and they don't realize they change it probably for the next six or seven years. That's very um, true. And so, so, but we don't mind that at all. The movie's going to be there. Oh know, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, so we. Um, so I really do think it's see you know they don't the people don't get to see the behind the scenes of getting that dog you know to to the to the initial level so it can you know we we socialize it and then we pass it off. What we say a lot at the shelters um, it takes a village. Right. It really does. Mm-hmm. And and me Penny myself you know Linda we're just always happy to be part of that village um, to get um, it takes a whole village to get one dog out on a leash. Oh. So. Um, and you're doing incredible work then. So. Yeah. So thank you. Let me ask you this: Why, why, why dogs? Why, why did you get in, involved uh, in such a way with Immune Society? Well, it's just well, I came, I came to Yuma personally, you know, by myself. Didn't have anything to do. Um, Love dogs. Um, my my initial motivation was my own. I had six dogs of my own. Oh wow. Um, my initial motivation was I couldn't imagine if one of my dogs were there. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a dog and we don't know their history. We don't know what their life was. Um, most of the time, we don't even know what their name is. Um, we have to give it a, a random name. And it, I, I see that. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but I see right. that on Facebook all the time. Do you, is it is it completely random or do you? Guys- it is completely random. Really? Yeah. And I have to. I'll say it now. We we argue over the name sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm probably one of the older the uh, the older people that are in the kennels every day, and um, and I'm always joking about don't give them a name that I could possibly mess up, <laughs> you know. Or if it'll it'll be names from from comic books, right. we see a lot of those mm-hmm. from um, current movies. I don't know what those names mean. <laughs> Somebody else does, and um, but yeah, we argue over them. And then at the same time, I'll get teased about giving giving dogs an old an old um, person's name. So <laughs> it's 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 all in fun. Yeah, you know? of course. What we do like is that we sometimes we give them a name because and and then the original owner comes up and, and lets us know what the dog's name was uh, and they maybe re, reclaim them right and we're like oh especially if i have a name that's really good and it's like oh no the name was wasted you know? <laughs> or we have the dogs where we um yeah i like to keep this money we have a dog say a, a name like bella that's probably one of our most common daisy um we, we have a rule don't ever name a dog that because as soon as you do we'll have three owner turn-ins come in and their names will be Daisy or Bella. <laughs> right. And so it seems very common. Th- yeah, those are very, very common. Blue, uh, blue is a very common name. So, so, 
okay, so then you, but you were saying before I cut you off, is like, you know, you had you had your six dogs, you didn't want to see, you wouldn't want to think about one of your dogs being in, in, a, in a shelter like that. Right. I believe they would have been completely misunderstood. Somebody wouldn't have understood what they were, you know, they, they're used to things in my house and, and used to doing things. Um, so what I would hate to see is that one of my dogs in there. So my motivation was to treat every dog as if, as if, um, as if they were maybe my dog or somebody's dog. They belong to somebody. They're used to a certain thing. Maybe they slept on a bed. Maybe they slept on a couch. Um, maybe they were outside all the time, but they were used to something. So my motivation was always to try to treat them as if these dogs belong to somebody. Um, somebody's going to come looking for them. Unfortunately, we just don't see that very often. Um, this like this holiday period coming up. This is the worst holiday. This is the worst time of year for us. Fourth of July, the fireworks. A lot of dogs get out. Yeah. Uh, we may probably take well over a hundred dogs, and you would think, well, that's okay because somebody's going to come get them, but they don't. They don't. Um, maybe twenty will get re- reclaimed. The rest will be our responsibility to find them homes. So. Um, we, we, you know, it's a little bit of a struggle for us, um, but we all, I mean, we work, it's, it's a village. Um, there's um, the, the clinic staff, the intake staff, the, the kennel staff, the adoption staff, everybody works together, the fosters. Um, um, we always complain, I'm sure we probably complain a lot, but Yuma really does step up. Um, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people come through the Humane Society adopting dogs. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of strays get out. Yeah, um, we've all, we always offer like um, this time of year. We always um, offer a discount on microchipping, which is very important. Um, if the dog does get out, animal control will scan it. If it's registered back to you correctly, they'll call you and bring the dog. You know, make arrangements to get the dog back to you so it doesn't come to us. Um, if for some reason, a lot of times people try to help. And they may, unfortunately, sometimes people will keep other people's dogs. If they take that dog to the vet, it's going to get scanned. Right. It's going to raise a flag that that dog belongs to somebody else. So it's going to help the dog get reunited, reunited back to its own family. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so <laughs> then how important is it that um, people, you know, uh, contact Humane Society about? Uh, lost dogs or stuff like that like i don't understand why it doesn't happen more yeah uh we just had a a a senior dog today that was um been with us for a month and the owners um just came in and didn't realize that we were here and uh, and we're not and there's not like there's an there's not other humane societies there's not other shelters in the yuma area we're the only one i mean the they can go to imperial i mean that's the closest um shelter outside of here right so it, it's just it, it's amazing that in 2019 there's people don't know you know that that we're here and that we we're the intake for dogs um all the animal controls that pick up dogs um citizens that find dogs they'll bring them to us you know and that's the best thing to do bring them to the humane society we i think we've gotten it over we've really done real good of getting over the stigma people's find dogs and they don't want to bring them to us because they say, oh, I don't want something to happen to them. Nothing's going to happen to them. We're going to find them a good home. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, um, I don't know the, the numbers. I know this year we're, we're, attempt, we're trying to go, you know, um, a kill, kill, um, or no kill shelter. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't euthanize um, for space. We That's what we're working towards. Um, we've gotten a lot better. I think our numbers are right at 90-something percent. 
Um, so we're doing everything we can. If the dog comes in, we're going to find it a new home. That's awesome. So, so uh, when so I, I don't know if you still have six dogs or not, but like when you go home to your dogs, do you? Do, do they just go crazy with the smells that you have of all the other dogs? Or? No, I, I don't have the six anymore. That was um, I was with my uh, my um, my wife that we we were not together anymore. But she has them. I have one dog now, and it took me a while to even get the one because <laughs> one is everybody kept telling me, and and we have most of our most of the staff um, have. Um, maybe five or six plus dogs that they'll take because everybody falls in love with them. Yeah. Um, I guess that was the next question: is how do you not just take a dog home every night? It takes it takes a lot, but I think when <laughs> That's I an iron my, will. <laughs> my personal motivation is I spend so much time at the shelter. If I if I take a dog home, it's going to take away from my time in the shelter. That makes a lot of sense. So I finally did. Um, I did. I finally did buy a house because I always had the excuse that I was renting. I can't take a dog home. I finally bought a house here in Yuma. So I said, oh, I'm going to take a dog, probably a couple of them. And I took one. And um, right now we're working through some things. He's an only dog. Um, so, I, you know, I saved him, but he's he's the only dog in the house right mm-hmm. now. He just doesn't get along with other dogs. So okay. he's a very, very territorial. But we're working through that. That's so. good. So did you, are, have you personally, like, done things uh to learn how to train dogs like yes yes i've tried to i mean what I, and i don't know anything you know I, I can't say i don't know anything about them but i have learned um we have a different behaviors that i've you know since i've been i've been there just a little over two years we have behaviors we have adoption staff that works with dogs um so i learned from them uh we went up to uh, we, we um last year we went up to one of the uh one of the largest rescues in arizona um um, AAWL up in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, we went through some training up there with how to how to work with dogs, and really it's just trying to read them. That dog's always communicating with you, so um, I just I learned from from experience um, um, what triggers a dog. Um, um, that like I said, they always send you signals. They they always um, and and just really never getting that comfortable with them. Um, always being always being ready for the unknown. Because we just don't know what that dog's been through, we don't know what's going to trigger it to to respond a certain way. Even the dogs, I've, even my own dog that I took home, I still keep myself a little guarded with him um, because I just don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but um, I haven't been through any formal training. It's really just um, what I, you picked up at work and what I pick up at work at volunteer. You know, like I said, I, I volunteer there, so I'm there there seven days a week. Um, um, probably 10 hours a day on saturday and sunday wow um but i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for anything so so okay then that's a good question for for people that might not know what's what are some good signs just to to look for when either either picking a dog or just being around a dog say someone that's not used to being around a dog like uh, if a dog is unhappy, what, what's something that they they should be aware of? Well, if the dog, how, how will a dog show that to them? The first thing the dog's going to be is a little wide-eyed, or whale eye, we call it. Um, the dog's going to be wide-eyed and looking at you in a certain way. If um, if the ears are back, that's probably the number one um, sign. If uh, the tail wagging, a lot of people say, "Oh, the tail was wagging." That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, um, you got to see how that tail is wagging, and if that if that tail if that dog stiffens up. 
after the tail wag, then really, if it stiffens up and starts to curl up, that's one of the the signs. Be be very wary that dog's getting ready to probably attack, and you just kind of back away from them. And whatever you were doing, stop doing that. You know, because you're it's 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 triggering something in them. Um, so. I say the big thing, you know, and I just was telling somebody today, don't pet the top of a dog's head because when dogs play or they fight with another dog, what they're always trying to do is push the top of that head down. So to show you never dominance. just show dominance. So you don't want to or put Yeah, or they'll try to um, go over the top of the other dog. Um, so you don't want to ever do that. You always want to come from underneath, keep your hand low, let the dog walk up to you. Um, that's the biggest thing too is let the dog approach you don't think you can just walk up to the dog because if they're afraid at all they're going to take that as a threat you just keep coming at them so bait drop down to the dog's level as best you know as most you can and let the dog approach approach you even sometimes you can do little things by showing um break eye contact with them um, look down from them because it kind of shows that you're submitting to them a little bit um that 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 kind of stuff is going to help um, with stray dogs. Right. Dogs, they have, you're not, they're not used to you. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we're the auction is going to be getting going here pretty okay. soon. So we're going to we're going to wrap up. But um, how important are fundraisers like this? These auctions for this, or I don't know if we still do the furball here in town. Yes, we do. Um, the Humane Society does the. Uh, I think they do about four big fundraisers a year. That they do, they do the furball, they do the critter country, they do um, the um, the golf tournament, and they. I think they started a poker night. I think that's going to be an annual thing now. Um, I don't remember the name of the um, the um, company that usually sponsors that. But all um, this can be found through the Humane Society, right? Through the Facebook Humane Society, right? Through the Facebook page and through their web um, site. So, uh, but this this is very important because this is outside of the Humane Society. Right. This is strictly going to to Penny, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, um, she'll say she's very humble. She doesn't like to be called Penny's Pantry. It's everybody's pantry. But we know what it what mm-hmm. it is, and we're just whether we put um, Penny's Pantry. We have we used to call the project dogs that we were working with. We'd have to put a note on there, and we put that's a penny project. Whether she was working it or I was working it, we were just happy to call it a penny penny project. So, so it's very important to right. fun, this fundraiser to get the the money and the and, and the the time from people and the the word out about exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. We can't thank we can't can't thank thank them enough for doing this for us because um, they don't realize. You know, we always welcome people to come in and see how much this helps. Um, if you could take, you know, Penny is very good about posting the beginning of a, of a dog and then, then when the dog makes it out. So if they could follow even Penny on, on social media or the Humane Society, because they're really good about putting the stories out there, too. And do you know how long she's had this pantry going? Uh, she's probably been doing this. Uh, she's been there for, for four years. So I imagine about, that right, about four years. A lot of it she was taken out of her own pocket or individuals but then as she's gotten bigger and bigger more no people have, have donations have come in and it's really made a difference so and, and people can can find out more about it on facebook penny's Pantry, yeah. or is that a thing or? it's not a thing but they can go and find um they can find it on the um on the humane society facebook page okay um they can probably find information on it that way or they can go um and look for um, Poppy. Poppy Mary is is Penny's name on Facebook. So Poppy Mary. Poppy Mary. Is that M A R Y? M R M A R Y. Yeah. P O P I M A R Y. So. 
Well, thank you for talking to me. And, thank and you very much. Telling my listeners about uh, everything that they can help, how they can help out. So. Well, and thank you. Thank, <laughs> and thanks to your listeners. So this is Mitch with uh, Kevin from the Humane Society of Yuma and Penny's Pantry saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We we produce high quality audio. That is exactly right, Dave, because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode. <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value. Listen to Blockbuster Mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms. And connect with us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. So grab some popcorn, grab some snacks, we'll catch you guys at the movies. <laughs>